0: social unrest the state and the white house you are listening to the john dipetro show
1: it's john dipetro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at our website com. it is tuesday the uh rhode island general assembly they're expected to be back at the uh den of the uh den of thieves up on smith hill today uh as more corruption will continue governor mckee is uh under the radar his lieutenant governor choice sabina matos apparently still has covid so she can't work uh the governor is uh now allowing people that are infected with covid to work in the hospitals so the mckee administration is really reeling at this point uh almost like they don't know what ends up Folks, I've, um, as many of you know, and again, visit the website petro.com. We have a number of different stories, Bob. But as, as many of you know, I, I've covered the state for a while. I'd like to think I know the state. I'm just trying to think the last time uh, the state was this kind of a mess. Uh, you know, maybe in the early days of the pandemic, when everything was shutting down. Uh, governor mckee's really having a tough time the rhode island state house right now what what are their priorities more third world problems right let's help the panhandlers still nothing about uh now i also want to mention attorney general peter narona did issue a statement to his credit you know i i still give him credit peter kilmartin never would have issued anything but he did issue a statement about the situation with little olivia and uh, talked about it you're talking about a career criminal that basically these judges just kept giving suspended sentences to what's the point of someone breaking the law the police do their job and then they just keep getting suspended sentences. so maybe the problem is maybe the problem is the people on the bench now keep in mind a lot of the judges how do we get judges in Rhode island well they go through the general assembly they're not elected like other places no the general assembly and so every time they're dealing with criminal defense attorneys in front of them who also happen to be reps at the Rhode Island State House, then they figure out a way to get their client a suspended sentence but what is so alarming to me and it should alarm you is just the basic lack of concern for safety of the residents right like Governor McKee like shame on you all that money why wasn't why weren't there special patrols put out on new year's eve why isn't there more done to protect and do things to help families everything's just caught off guard you know we don't have any leaders we have some elected officials but we don't have leaders we don't have anyone demonstrating leadership now granted it obviously starts in washington I mean, this is just an embarrassment. And anyone that thinks, you know, for all the people that if you're listening right now and you voted for Biden or you support Biden or you thought it'd be great for Kamala Harris to shatter the glass ceiling, all this all these people like gender warriors and oh i'm just a woman looking to make history or he's gonna be the first and she's the first this one and oh look the first transgender and they're all the novelty yeah as you are going about that russia is about to invade the ukraine so we have real problems in the world enough of this foolishness where all these people want to they you know all the political correctness was so we're not in a position for these people to be just they, they they're not even the best possible person they're just all these false things that they set up that we're all supposed to cheer they all just want to you know they think they're all just um want to feel good about themselves but i don't as i've been saying now governor mckee it, it's not your imagination i mean everyone that's paying attention is saying it's like he he can't get out of his own way and at this point um i mean i think he's gonna run for governor he hasn't announced it officially yet but he is demonstrating right now in his choice of lieutenant governor that he's clearly not up to the job you know not the the right person i mean biden served a purpose biden served the purpose where they just wanted to get rid of president trump and so that's basically what he did um he's clearly not up for the job with governor mckee he had some time he had a window of time i know it was hectic in the beginning you go to like march april into may but as i've said he had the summertime to really fine-tune his staff kind of get them What what's bill belichick doing right now what are they doing in the nfl they get their team ready for the playoffs right and and even the other you know sunday was a blowout which was great against the jags but even then what, what you also really saw was you know they allow mac jones and the offense to, to to really fine-tune things but the problem is for governor mckee is he he came in with and uh, no one would ever accuse him of having the best staff he's got some some decent people in there don't get me wrong um elena serone that at one time worked at channel six i think she does a good job but he's got some real glaring weaknesses and weak links and um governor mckee rise or fall he felt that he was going to run the state with this group he brought in from cumberland and rise or fall that was going to be his group but right now they're falling and the uh problems he also as we've talked about he he really should have made a change with dr nicole alexander scott i mean this is embarrassing at this point that that now they're having so if you're a nurse and they fired you if you have covid they'll still bring you back and put you to work they're so desperate is is that good leadership is that good planning there's none of that the general assembly what are they going to go in to help you What are they going to do at that state house that's actually going to improve your life, improve the life of your parents or children? You watch. You know what they want to go after? All progressive things. They want to to tighten gun laws in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah, like we need that with all the criminals loose. They want to build more uh, affordable housing or free homes for illegals. They want to expand the number of illegals in the state. They want to give illegals driving privileges. They want to give them voting privileges. Uh, there's even talk that they should appoint one to an elected office. So then Rhode Island could shatter the glass ceiling and have an illegal alien as the first elected official in the state, even though it would be appointed. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm opposed to that. What I would do in Rhode Island, if this was Governor Juan, um, number one, we need law and order. The criminals are running this state. That has to end. That's number one. Number two, need to clean up the gang problem in Providence. Number three, let's lower, let's cut taxes. How about the people that actually pay the taxes? Let them actually get to um, save some money with all the taxes they've been paying. Let's help the businesses. Let's help the business community. Let's improve quality of life for families and people that live here. Let's do something really dramatic. You don't hear anything like that. It's all small ideas. And by the way, the the $1 billion that Governor McKee has, by all accounts we're hearing, just every month, they're going to roll out and spend another 100000 so they get $100, 000, $100 million, so you can have another press conference. He's really not even worthy of it, to be honest with you. I mean, it, as much as like everyone else, I mean, everyone kind of grew tired of Governor Raimondo, but it, at least she was elected twice. I'd like to think she deserved a larger role. She seemed to just have bigger ideas on on what to do to try to move the state forward, let alone if she was given one billion dollars. Um, you know the old expression of fool and his money is soon parted, or a fool and their money are welcomed everywhere. But but Governor McKee, so each month, right, leading up to the election, he's gonna roll out another press conference. Look how great I am. I'm spending another, you know, one hundred million of this uh, covid relief money uh which is ludicrous i haven't heard one big idea yet so many things they could do to just improve quality of life but they have such a small parochial view that you know and just that attitude of well you know every state is different and listen why why don't you try to mimic some of the things that massachusetts is doing massachusetts is a highly regarded state it's a well-run state listen they have a lot of problems just like everybody else but far and away there's far more people who want to live there they have a better education system they have better companies being lured there um boston and massachusetts have, have done very well and instead all we keep hearing about are the illegals in only been uh, onlyville in uh, central falls so Governor McKee certainly has some work to do. So, folks, we have a lot ahead on this Tuesday, and we will bring you up to speed. Again, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, infinity system. Energy efficient, quiet, and more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent. they have the highest rebates in the market and they also do new installation replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl carrier factory authorized dealer licensed by the way in both rhode island and massachusetts for 55 years jkl's reputation second to none call jkl engineering today replacements whether it's for a system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial called jkl 401-351-7600 they do it right they do it right the first time this winter you can depend on jkl engineering 401-351-7600 licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts all right, folks, joining us right now, and Stephanie, I know it's Stephanie Colangio. I apologize. It's John DiPito. Okay. Can you it's pronounce your last name? Yes, it's
2: Colangelo,
1: uh Noizo. Noizo. Okay. Now, Stephanie, first of all, thank you for taking the time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about yes. poor little Olivia and this beautiful family that is going through this just horrific tragedy.
2: Um, so, first of all, I'm actually Olivia's cousin. Uh, Janine is my first cousin. Um, Olivia is, uh, I looked like she was like my own kid. Her and my son are um, almost the same age. And um, Olivia is not your typical child. She, her smile was contagious. I mean, you couldn't, she had these dimples and... Everything about her was just amazing. And I really just want people to understand that this guy did not just kill Olivia. He killed an entire family. Um, I don't know how any anybody is supposed to recover from this one. you had a beautiful 17-year-old girl who was loved and adored at school. She had amazing friends, her family, and they had just... I don't even want to say gotten over, but they had a tragedy six years ago where their yep. father passed away suddenly. Yep. And they were just doing so good. The girls are so close. They're, they're like best friends. They all have the same close-knit circle. And um, she was with her sisters that night. They were celebrated. They were looking forward to the new year. And this man who social media admitted that he was going to go out and pretty much take whoever it was out with That's him. Right,
1: yes. Drink and um, crash his benz.
2: He he robbed her. He robbed her of a life. He robbed my cousin of her sisters of a beautiful life with this amazing child. And he just does not deserve a break. He does not. And I just want everyone to just know who Olivia was because that's the important thing. This man doesn't matter. Nothing's going to bring her back. We know this. But she deserves respect she deserves her people to know that this wasn't a, a kid who got behind the wheel who was drinking and partying all night that no, wasn't her not at all she was a wholesome kid she loved sports she loved you know she loved going out with her friends and just living she talked about enjoying life that was Olivia Olivia was a she loved life that was her and this man took it he took it.
1: Stephanie and I also, folks, a good uh, good afternoon. It's the John DePetro show. We speak with Stephanie Calangio Nosur, who was the cousin, and so Olivia was um, your your niece or cousin. My cousin. cousin. She's cousin. my. Cousin. Okay.
2: Janine is my first cousin. Okay,
1: but um, Stephanie and I want people to understand because people may not get it. But you know these. There's the expression they talk about that many times police run into what they call suicide by cop, which is someone that wants to end their life. They purposely engage the police to have the police shoot them. This individual, he was troubled. He was posting that he was <laughs> down. He didn't have a family. He's, I'm just going to, I mean, get drunk and crash my car. He he was basically just looking for someone. I, to me, that is intent. That That is not just... Yeah. Like an accident, death result. Yeah. He aimed at the car going yeah. 100 miles an hour. This is yeah. someone. And Stephanie, you're yeah. being polite. This, I, I, don't, I can't figure out why this guy was even out behind the wheel driving to, to begin with. So he, this, I mean, there, there's evil amongst us. There of course. are troubled individuals. This is someone who had nothing going on, nothing to offer life, and just decided. And, and the coward... Not to yeah. even offer assistance, but to no. flee the scene? Well, I mean, it's was, just beyond um, the pale.
2: Was, when I tell you, that was the part that we were the most upset about in his family. I mean, it's one thing to make a huge mistake to get behind the wheel and drink and drive. That's one thing. It is a totally different situation when you purposely drink to go out and crash your car that's right and and when you crash your car into an innocent person's life whether it had been olivia or anybody for that matter you leave them there to die you just you just left them you didn't even have one ounce of remorse respect nothing compassion yes nothing and i mean this man lived in charleston from what the report say. Well,
1: he was staying so, with a girl down there. He's from the West Fork so province. So somebody uh, yeah. picked yeah. him up. Yes. Somebody, somebody yeah.
2: picked him up. And transported him down and, there. And transported That's him. That's right. And took him knowing. Yes. So I feel like there, there's, I mean, there's so many avenues to this that anger me to my core, but to I mean, this man, it just shows you that he didn't care. He didn't care about Olivia that night. He didn't care that he he potentially could have. I mean, if she hadn't had passed away on impact, she could have lived a life with major, major injuries. Yes. And, and, And he didn't care. I mean, a total stranger went and, you know, and stood with her he didn't care he ran
1: like a coward i saw that there were some passerbys you know (laughs) and that's the good that there are people that stopped was with her was trying to comfort her um in in that just excruciating must have been terrifying few moments but i'd like you stephanie again just to talk about janine talk about you know that is such a nice family those are beautiful uh, children, her sisters. And, you know, and I'm actually happy Janine has found um, a new partner who is, is yes. a wonderful man yes. who has embraced these girls as yes. his own. Who, um, I will say this.
2: Dennis um, owns a state-of-the-art karate yes. studio. And Olivia was a black belt. Wow. Um, she thoroughly enjoyed karate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you can find videos of her out there somewhere. She was amazing. And that's why I'm trying to say is that Olivia, she wasn't a drinker. She never drank. She didn't do drugs. She was uh, she was just perfect in my eyes. And I know I sound biased when I say that, but this uh, is so tragic it to is. us, aren't so
1: many levels that the evil out there. It's just rotten, Stephanie. Me. It is. It's rotten. How does
2: he walk away? Yes. How does he this walk is away? insanity. How, How is, How
1: listen, you and I live away? in this state. Why is this guy behind the wheel? How many suspended sentences? 11 warrants. He doesn't show up in court. What? What is this that they keep letting this person go? He proved he's not safe to be out on the streets. This yeah. is insanity that we're living like this. You're exactly right. She yeah. was—that's a ten-minute ride from her sister yeah. back to your cousin's house.
2: And I mean, I, I want to talk about her, and I want to talk about her sisters yes. because Janine, I have to say, you don't even understand what a mother Janine is. I mean, I've never—I mean, you know, I have teenager—I have a teenager myself, and it's and it's hard i gotta say you know her daughter jackie she's a nurse her daughter victoria yeah. is a uh, emt yes and these girls when i tell you the tragedy that they went through six yes. years ago to see where they landed on oh, their feet amazing. i would have never imagined that right. we were all petrified for these yep. girls when this yes. happened it was so tragic i mean janine and her her you know her husband were the perfect couple and they have these three beautiful girls and the tragedy hits and it was earth-shattering. But to watch these girls take that and grow from it and build their lives up and choose to do positive things in the world and then for this guy oh, to jump purposely God. on purpose
1: that's the thing to do that is,
2: something like this
1: It is it is and so distressing like, it, it, it is dangerous it shouldn't happen this was i mean come on how many times do we go through that very you know passive road this wasn't in a bad neighborhood this wasn't someone drinking and driving no. this is just a young 17 year old yes. student going home just spent the night um, yes. at her with her mom with her family Going to go home and then, I'm sure, go to sleep and then celebrate New Year's Day. So much of life ahead of her. And then just to have this animal come up from behind and purposely crash his car. I I think the charges, I'm going to be the first one. I think the charges should be much more severe. Absolutely. Um, this, This is not... You know, there are accidents, right? There are accidents on the road. But this wasn't an accident. This is someone who was telegraphing. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to go out. I'm going to get loaded. I'm going to get behind the wheel of my Benz and crash into someone. The ultimate coward. Uh, I, I just, I'm mortified.
2: I, I mean, I'm, I can't get too much into the case right now I because, understand. Out, out of respect for yes. my cousin and Understood. the family, they're working on all of that. Good. So i'm not i don't want to get into the you know that end of it Understood. but they are they're all over this they want this man to serve the maximum yes. of whatever it is that they can because it's we have a, a, a movement going on facebook and um instagram it's called hashtag justice for olivia That's right uh, so i want everyone to get the word out i think you know it needs to be you know brought to the front lines as to this can't happen people no. need to know yes that if you use your car as a weapon if you get into you know you drive drunk and you take the life of somebody because you're not just killing that person you're you're you kill a family you kill an entire community um and that can't happen this just can't happen
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with Stephanie Colangio Nassar. And Stephanie, um, you're exactly right. Whereas, you know, this is also the her fellow classmates at East Greenwich. I mean, the whole community is just reeling over this. So and and you're exactly right. Little Olivia, I mean, in every photo. Um, talk about photogenic and just captures that. And, you know, I I was really moved by, I saw what Dennis posted and to think about it, you know, for him to enter her life and obviously be important to him to build that type of bond with the youngest. And it sounds like, you know, they just really connected and she absorbed all of it. And I just... I, th- this Olivia is just so only, rotten. It is, and I
2: mean Olivia not only had Dennis. Thank God, because Dennis, you know, has been just so amazing to those girls and to Janine, and he really was like, like a savior in a sense to them um, after the tragedy that happened. But also, um, Olivia was very, very close with her, um, her grandmother's, my aunt Arlene, okay. her husband Rick um they they too i mean they had a bond poppy rick as they call him Mm. um they they went everywhere together i mean he you know she would call he was a teacher that retired and every night she would go to the house and he'd help her with homework and um she just loved him they went to florida every summer together and uh she just really he's really not taken this well either none of nobody is no you know, nobody is no. I mean.
1: everybody is shaken by it you know yes. and it's just I don't know I don't know what's happening to our area what's happening to our state you know why why is someone like that out on the road what about the yeah. protection of our families what about the protection right. of our children? Like, what is happening? Someone like that, you know, I don't care. Years ago, I don't think someone like that is behind the wheel. And I know we're not going to get into the case. I will tell you that when this person, because there will be, you know, court appearances, we want to pack the courtroom. We're going to send a strong message. Um, You're right. You know what's tragic is nothing. And despite all of that, nothing can bring her back. This is just, it is... um, It is just really shattering to everyone. It is. And when I saw your cousin over at the high school today and, Uh, you know, the kids put a little, you know, uh, mementos in her parking spot and painting the rock and flight. I mean, it is just gut-wrenching. It just is. It is. It's just, it was, uh,
2: it's just every mother's worst nightmare. Especially, like I said, my son is close to Olivia's age they grew up together and um that's my what you know he's going to start driving soon and that is your worst fear you know them not you know you worry about them but now you have to worry about everyone else and especially you just never think that somebody's going to be so evil and cruel to to not care enough about your kids life like You're right. You just don't ever expect something like that. And like I said, you know, for this to happen to them, not once, but now twice. And to see those girls yesterday, I was with them for a little while. um, Just, it's, they just are, it's not good. You know, it's not good. And, and, you know, in Victoria, her, her, uh, her middle daughter, Janine's middle daughter, you know, at one point we were hugging each other and she said you know i lost my best friend oh. i lost my best friend and i said i know you know and thank god um jackie was there and she hugged you know her sister and she said but you're my best friend too and they thank god they have each other but it this should have never never happened never. i just
1: want to play for you before i let you go this was uh your cousin janine Uh, Just a short time ago at East Greenwich High School. And you can just hear, just completely distraught. Uh, It doesn't make any sense. You know, and the kids are reeling. I also want to commend, uh, you know, Alexis Meyer put out that very thoughtful statement uh, for all of the school children. So, um, well, listen, uh, we are going to talk again. I um yes. I really commend you and you're right. Um there there will be time for the court case, but it yes. it is tough to yes. not have anger on something like this.
2: Oh, I know. I just we just right right now the family Janine and everybody we just want people to know that this was an innocent child. She yes. Drinking that night, she didn't do drugs. She didn't drink at all, to be honest. I mean, she was into sports and fitness, and um, she has a huge following on TikTok. Um, mm. And uh, this girl—I mean, if you even check out her TikTok, I mean, she was just a ball of love and energy and fun. And unfortunately, it oh, ended.
1: It's just rotten before
2: before it started well and that's
1: listen thank you i know this was not easy thank you for taking the time we'll be in touch and remember um, we'll...
2: hashtag justice
1: for olivia please you're listening to the john dipetra show am 1380 99.9 fm folks last week we did an interview with a local doctor and we got such a tremendous reaction and he's uh, very generous to uh, provide us with more of his time i want to welcome back to the program it is dr andrew Bostom. doctor again thank you for joining us uh it was tremendous what a tremendous reception we received from your appearance last week so if you'd be so kind i'd like to kind of check in with you and get a feel from where you think we are right now with this new variant and we everything that the state is doing or should be doing
0: right yeah i i um I, I think I think right before the holiday, John, we'll see if there's if there's a big uptick with all the gatherings, you know, during during um, Christmas uh, and, and and New Year's. But but we'll have some indication by by tomorrow at least for for the Christmas phase of the holiday. Um, it, we were actually looking at a plateau, right as we went into the holiday, which was reassuring and. Um, was quite quite similar to what happened last year around Christmas. You know, the, the, the infections last year in a different in a different state. You know, less less natural infection, obviously no vaccination really to speak of, and um, we really had seen the peak of infections for for what was at the time um, the alpha wave uh, uh, and the original Wuhan strain um, before Christmas. And it took a while to come down, but it, but it was really it was really pla- it had really reached its peak and was on 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 its way to plateauing in terms of of, of infections. There's always a little lag with hospitalizations and deaths, um, and you know I'm just cautiously optimistic that maybe we're going to see the same thing. Omicron is causing obviously a significant amount of infection, um, but it's clearly the data are in from South Africa, and we're getting some confirmatory data from from Europe. That this is clearly a uh, a, a milder variant. It, it, it's it's causing less uh, more morbidity and, and way less mortality. Um, and again, some of that is the virus itself, uh, which seems to have mutated you know mercifully to a less virulent uh, strain. Um, but and then of course also the impact of of, uh, of the measures we've taken, um, particularly um, you know vaccinating some of the high risk populations, and and the impact of natural immunity. Um, I I, I did just want to talk a little bit, though, John, about um, an analysis that um, has been ongoing, really. Um, Thank thank, uh, very much. Thanks to to my local representative, Mike Chippendale, who has been very dogged about getting um, monthly uh, updates um, since July. So um, I had shared a paper with Mike. That was very, very provocative from Israel. They're, they've always been ahead of us, both in terms of vaccination and in terms of when the waves have hit. Huh. And they did an analysis of their uh, initial um, Delta wave uh, after uh, a lot of vaccination had taken place in Israel uh, and a time had lagged to allow for some of the impact that we're now seeing, unfortunately, of this vaccine waning and comparing that to, to, to natural immunity acquired you know, earlier in, in, in Israel. And the data were quite striking, and showed that um, the the impact of natural uh, infection relative to vaccination uh, was was highly was highly uh, significantly advantageous. In other words, um, when they looked at um, did a whole series of analysis from a huge uh, a huge um, HMO database in Israel, uh, it was the Maccabi HMO. Uh, Israel is basically divided up into, I think, three large HMO groups. It's essentially a socialized uh, system, um, and and so they looked they looked at uh, outcomes uh, that were evaluated between June first and August fourteenth, um, and they uh, were able to adjust for age and comorbidities, uh, and they employed uh, different different models to look at uh, compare the previously infected without who had not been vaccinated. With, with vaccinated individuals. And they were, they were able to match for for, for time uh, and uh, a time of follow-up. And th- what they found was striking, John, and this is why I got so interested in you know what what we might be able to look at in Rhode Island. Um, so in, with the first model, this very tightly matched model, showed that there was a 13-fold increased risk for asymptomatic infection, uh, a 27-fold uh, greater risk for clinical infection, and an eightfold increased risk for hospitalization, comparing those who were fully vaccinated but had no history of prior infection to those who were not vaccinated but did have a history of prior infection, um, and and these were these were rather striking data, and they persisted even when they didn't match for the times uh, of first a uh, first event, whether that was a vac- you know vaccination or or infection. So in other words, you could go all the way back to people that had been infected as far back as the beginning of 2020, and now just look at this period. Um, during the delta wave so obviously the people who were vaccinated um, you know were vaccinated much more recently and despite this time disadvantage for those with prior infection the fully uh, vaccinated remained at sixfold increased risk uh, for for having asymptomatic infections just testing positive seven-fold greater risk for having real symptomatic infections and almost seven-fold increased risk for hospitalization um, and this and, and 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 then they were able to look at people who had been vaccinated had also had an infection, and obviously those overall uh, did the best in terms of infection, but they but they didn't do any better than people who had not been vaccinated but also previously infected hmm. uh, in in terms of in terms of the clinical outcomes, hospitalizations, and deaths. So, with this as a background, uh, I I asked Mike if if he could get. Similar data from the Department of Health. Obviously not as granular, not as detailed, not all the comorbidities. It's all de-identified. You know, you really... You know, I, I don't know what it would take. Probably a lot more than just uh, an assemblyman request, uh, a state a state uh, representative right, requesting. You'd, you'd probably have to go a formal APRA route, and and it would take a long time to, to sort hmm. of get uh, a, a, this kind of database that, that you had from Israeli HMO. But at any rate, might begin to get every month. So Jul- we have now July, August, September, October, November. Uh, spreadsheets, which would which would break down the infections, hospitalizations, and deaths, not only like the way the state likes to present it, like RIDO presents it, fully vaccinated versus not fully vaccinated, but within each of those groups, breaking it down, say the fully vaccinated with no prior infection versus the fully vaccinated with prior infection. The not fully vaccinated with no prior infection versus the versus the not fully vaccinated with a history of prior infection. And what jumped out at me, and I tabulated, and I put it up. I put up a very detailed blog at my blog. It's just um, uh, it's just my name, www.andrewboston.org. Yep. Um, and I did a little quick summary of it on Twitter at Andrew Boston, um, and and it's really striking, John. So if you if you look at, at just the the summary results from that that simple that simple kind of uh, of breakdown um first of all just looking at the raw percentages the fully vaccinated over this five-month period and, and it's basically the delta wave. you can see the you can see the you know the department of health has a nice graphic which shows you um when the different variants have taken over and 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 come in you know predominate so if you look at the period that we we analyzed july to november it's very clear it's 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 basically it's basically all delta um, and, and if you if you if you look at uh, at, at, at just raw percentages of, of which which populations accounted for what percentage of infections of hospitalizations and deaths, um, the fully vaccinated accounted for 38.3 percent of COVID infections during this five month period, 31 percent of of COVID uh, hospitalizations, and almost 45 percent of COVID deaths during this july to november uh, delta wave but of course john you have to you have to be able to come up with you know all epidemiologists always want to know rightfully what the denominator is so i had to make some estimates like what are these populations like how many people you know are fully vaccinated how many people are not fully vaccinated how many people have a history of prior infection so i walked through in the blog how i did that but basically it's 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 quite striking um so at the time i I just took the midpoint of this entire period i used the date of september 15th and i said um what what are the what are the what are the estimates that you can come up with for the for the numbers in those three groups again fully vaccinated not fully vaccinated and then regardless of vaccination people that had a prior infection uh, infection at some point during the course of the pandemic um and and these are very large numbers however for each of them so it's about it's about 691,000 people. Wow, that had been fully vaccinated by that time. Huh. Uh, about about 405,000 that had not remained not fully vaccinated. But the most striking thing, and this comes from an estimate that's provided by a CDC-sponsored website that's run by by you know epidemiologists from Harvard, Stanford, and Yale. What they projected as of as of September 15th. That if you look at the, you know, if you look at the U.S. Census estimate for, for Rhode Island's population, 56% of the population had been infected by then. So that's about 614,000 people wow. that had a history of prior infection. So now the denominators become workable, and you can express everything uh, per hundred thousand. So I just I just calculated some crude rates, and I'll, I'll I'll go through them quickly, and then and then I was able using something called a rate ratio to to compare. Um, I was most interested in, in comparing those with a prior infection, regardless yep. of vaccination status, to those who were fully vaccinated. In other words, that becomes the reference group, those who are fully vaccinated but had no history of prior infection. But if you just look at the crude rates, for example, for infections, uh, there was, there was 2,140 per 100,000 in the fully vaccinated, no prior infection. Much higher rate in the not fully vaccinated, no prior infection, F- fifty-nine hundred and ten, so more than twice the rate hmm. uh, per hundred thousand, but only two hundred and seven per hundred thousand in those that had a prior infection, regardless of their vaccination status. And this theme plays through the more important clinical outcomes. Yep. So if you look at hospitalizations, fully vaccinated, no prior infection, um, eighty-four per hundred thousand in in the in the fully vaccinated. Uh, not fully vaccinated, no prior infection, about almost four times as many uh, 327 per 100,000. But if you go back to, again, re- look at prior infection, regardless of vaccination status, only 11 per 100,000. Uh, by the time you look at the deaths, and over this over this period, there were 192 deaths, uh, again with or from COVID in, in Rhode Island during this five month period. It's going to be higher this month. December is a bad month. It was a bad month last year. It's yep. going to be a bad month again this year. Right. Um, the rates per hundred thousand were 12 for those that were fully vaccinated, no prior infection. Um, not fully vaccinated, no prior infection, 25. So 25 per hundred thousand. You know, more than twice as many versus twelve per hundred thousand, hmm. but only one per hundred thousand with a history of prior infection, regardless of vaccination status. Wow! Huh. And then I was able to calculate. You know what are these? What are these risk ratios? These what? You know this is this is always an important epidemiologic measure. And just just to just to just to cut to the chase, compared to the fully vaccinated. Now I'm just comparing the fully vaccinated with no prior infection to those um, who were previously infected regardless of whether they were vaccinated or not. So compared to the fully vaccinated, those previously infected had a 10.4-fold lower risk of infection, a 7.9-fold lower risk of hospitalization, oh. and a 12.3-fold reduced risk of COVID-19 mortality. And so my my bringing this to light with the help of, the, of, of Mike Chippendale is, is – to, you know, to these are, after all, John. These are the public's data. These right. are Rido's data. Yep. They're giving them because of some pressure, frankly, exerted upon them to 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 Mike Chippendale each month. Hmm. They need to be. They need to be on the website for yes. the public to see. Right. In 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 a, in a very simple way, just the way I, I tabulated them. Because what what is what is happening is that there's still a lot of hectoring of people about vaccination status, now including, you know, boosters, um, when when Rhode Island Department of Health possesses the data, which show that, wait a minute, you know, we, we I, by the way, this estimate, John, which was 56% of the state uh, having been infected at some point during the pandemic uh, by, by mid-September, the, as of Christmas, COVID Estim came up with their latest estimate on, for December 25th, it's up to seventy one percent.
1: Wow. So to ignore yeah.
0: what's more than two thirds of the population uh, likely having been it had at least a, some sort of mild infection with with uh, with coronaviruses and, and it's gonna accelerate now with, with Omicron being, you know, so much like a, a, a true classic Cold-causing coronavirus,
1: hmm.
0: um, albeit it can still it can still harm people that are that are that are frail. There's no question about that either. Um, cause at least serious morbidity. Um, it, it it's it, to ignore this vast pool of the population, which which appears to have the the best protection. I mean, let's 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 just be frank about it. it the epidemiologic evidence is that these people actually have the best protection. Is hmm. one other there's one other study that. That came out um, that I found um, almost as striking as the Israeli study because this was a this was a U.S. study. Uh, there was a claims database um, that analyzed uh, records from over eight million uh, 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 claims in in something called Change Healthcare. It's it's a database that's that's overseen by the University of, of, of Washington, Seattle, at least at least for investigative purposes, and they identified um, almost eighteen thousand fully vaccinated. Uh, patients with with so-called breakthrough infections. So just looking at the breakthrough infections, which occurred between March 10th and October 14th of 2021, and and in this group of of almost 18,000 persons with breakthrough infections uh, coming from this claims database, um, there were 1,121 COVID hospitalizations and 138 COVID deaths. Once again, they had, this is a very granular database. This is more like the Israeli database. This is not like the raw data given to uh, Mike Chippendale. They were able to look at not only a prior infection, but they were able to control for age, sex, and comorbidities. And what they found, once again, was that prior infection in this group of almost 18,000 persons with breakthrough infections conferred a two, two-fold lower risk for, for uh, uh, hospitalization and a fourfold lower risk for COVID mortality relative to no history of prior infection, you know, in the, in the people that were having a breakthrough infection. Hmm. So, so, so once again, in the vaccinated population itself, you're, you're, you're operating kind of in the dark if you don't know whether or not they had a history of prior infection, uh, likewise for those that are unvaccinated. So, so to make these, these sort of comparisons, but, but, between the unvaccinated or the not fully vaccinated and the fully vaccinated, um, in kind of the hectoring way that we've become used to, without knowing that whether or not they've had a history of prior infection, um, is 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 not very informative, John.
1: Sure. In and, right.
0: And 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 this is critically important to get into the discourse, and it and it has it has social uh, as well as political implications because you're you're seeing people who who. Felt that they had worked healthcare workers that had worked through the the early phases of the pandemic and That's not the right. early phases of the pandemic. Right. You know, got infected at, at various times during one of the waves, and and were forced to give up their jobs because they felt that that um, they didn't believe the vaccine was going to afford them any more protection. They had they had their own concerns, uh, safety concerns about the vaccine. It's it's a, it's a non trivial issue. I, I I think for certain pop- populations, but regardless, they made their own risk benefit calculation. They yep. were previously infected, and and they were summarily dismissed and hmm. fired. Yes, and, and and so I think this it's very important to get this into the discussion. It's it's not it's not informative enough to just tell people. You know, it, you know, you're 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 putting yourself at risk purely on the basis of not being vaccinated, um, without considering whether or not they've had a previous infection. Hmm. And 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 for those who are vaccinated, they're being afforded uh, important additional protection because yes. of all the breakthroughs by having a history of prior infection.
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Bostom, and Dr. I won't keep you much longer. But how do you see the next? week or two you you feel we haven't seen kind of the uptick uh surge from from christmas and so forth obviously it's early just yet but when when will this hit as far as just that i have several questions for you when will it hit on the numbers also what do you make of the fact that some people are saying you know this this is so contagious and and it's not as you said it's thank god it's not as lethal. But it should then be measured on hospitalizations and deaths, not on number of just positive cases. I, I absolutely agree. So, yeah. so I, I I
0: expect again with people congregating and, and and you know John, I don't know my experience. You know, I don't know if it matches your experience. I I can see people are kind of fed up with the restrictions. Yes, I, I saw I saw a lot of people, you know, much more than usual than, than previous you know uh, periods of, of mask mandates with the mask below the nose. Yeah, uh, pe- people openly you know defying and not wearing masks. They're all in places where again you know you're supposed to be wearing masks. Um, so so and there's more mixing um I, i'm not a big believer as you know in, in, the, in the benefits of masks but there's clearly a lot more mis- mixing of, of people than 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 there's been you know in, in previous waves and so we might see and, and omicron's infectious so we might see a spike in, in, in infections but but the immunity that's accumulated in the population yeah vaccine related a natural immunity um, it, it, even even when it doesn't prevent infections, and that's clearly true with with the vaccine, um, it, it's it's it should be reducing morbidity. And we may see this we may see this disconnect between the rates of of infection and the rates of hospitalization and and death. But what muddies the water, and this is another big problem with the Department of Health and and with the CDC, is that the idea that you can classify anyone with a positive test uh, as being hospitalized for covid right and hospitalized for for and, and, and god forbid dying from covid this this has to be rectified right because it's 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 made it almost impossible to tell what's really going on there was an investigative report in the uk uh from the daily mail reviewing records that, and they have, some, they have some fairly detailed records available in England. I don't know why they don't publicize it enough. But apparently they, they are tracking and trying to separate with from. And it was up to two-thirds of the Omicron hospitalizations were incidental. They were testing positive, but they were not admitted for you know an ammonia-like syndrome. Hmm. And we don't get those data from, from RIDO. Lots of people have asked. Perhaps the, the politicians have not asked firmly enough. Good because point. it's long overdue yes. that we get this information because that's what really matters. Who's 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 coming into the hospital because of COVID and, and specifically occupying a bed because they have a COVID related pneumonia, respiratory issue, or you know, less frequently, maybe a true you know, myocarditis caused by, by COVID. Something that's clearly uh, you know, etiologically linked Covid rather than you know trauma with a, with a positive test some other medical problem that clearly where clearly covid is, is is just an incidental laboratory finding those really need to be separated to see what's truly going on but I'm cautiously optimistic you know just based on what we were seeing uh, before Christmas um, that 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 maybe we were at least getting to to a plateau. There may be some hiccups and some burps, you know. Uh, uh, you know, again with all the mixing during the holiday. But I'm just, you know, cautiously optimistic. You know, I, I'm also perfectly willing to be blown out of the water, and you'll have another rise, and you know. But, but I mean, I obviously hope against that. Um, but there's, you know, there is a lot of unpredictability to this. But, but, but clearly, you know, the weight of the evidence certainly suggests by now that Omicron is is less is less virulent, even if it even if it might be equally contagious, or some have argued slightly mm-hmm. more contagious. Um, and and the reservoir immu- in, of immunity in the population um, keeps growing, uh, so so that's working against you know really bad outcomes.
1: How does it enter the body? Is it different than the the delta or the you know the? It's
0: all yeah. It's all it's all aerosols. It is. It's all aerosols. Yeah. There, yep. there, may, there may be you know John. There's always been a concern um, that there's a little dis. Well, certainly you know not to be too gross about it there's there's a tremendous amount of, of virus shed in the stool and, mm. and that's why you could it, it is useful to monitor water supplies and, and sewage treatment supplies mm. and things like that um effluent um how much how contagious that is um, is is has never has never been that clear. Huh. There, there's probably some benefit to basic, you know, cleanliness, hand washing, and things like that. But it it, it clearly seems to be that the, the predominant mode of transmission is is micro aerosols. What
1: about handshakes or touching doorknobs and things like that?
0: Yeah, again, that 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 does not seem to be surfaces. Do not seem to be okay. the main mode of of, of of trans of
1: transmission. Right, but when people are greeting each other, holiday someone you know gives them it, the but other
0: but, but but that involves a lot of a lot of movement of, yes of, of air talking it doesn't yeah. just have to be sneezing and coughing and no. things like that that are obvious
1: yeah folks you again know. he is dr andrew boston doctor excellent as always we will talk to you again portion of the program brought to you by the kui check them out on the website dipetro.com the kui sit or an island tradition Since 1977, located 226 Coheset Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers, there's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them and gift certificates are available. The Coheset Inn, 226 Coheset Avenue in West Warwick.